Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast. We had to come outside. Sun's out. Uh, hairdo's out. Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2 is hanging out here with us on today's episode. CC, it's a pleasure to see you. I did not realize this was an outdoor show or I would have done something differently. <laughs> what would you have done differently? Exactly? I'd be outside. <laughs> I just, you know, the cats wanted to come outside. Maybe yeah. you see uh, one killer bird in the background. We get a little Nat Geo effect going on to keep the people interested. But yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about um, with the Tennessee Titans NFL owners meetings mm-hmm. taking place this week. Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon being asked questions about the roster. Quick reminder, though, that the 615 Sessions podcast is presented by Two Rivers Ford. See my Mm -hmm. Two Rivers Ford right back there? Looks great, doesn't she, Corey? Two Rivers Ford is where you go for all your 2023 model year Fords and for the best car buying experience possible since 1983. 40 years here in Middle Tennessee doing business the way that you want to do business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, Corey, what we haven't talked, I feel like in a couple of weeks at this point, probably post combine, maybe right after, um, how much different do you feel about this team since they've acquired the Hmm. six players that they have? Is there any substantial difference to you in the competitiveness of this roster? Mm, I mean, look, they've got some guys who, um, can play on the offensive line who, I mean, the bar was set pretty low, right? right? I mean, so, I mean, they're better um, up front. They've still got more work to do. Uh, but, you know, the words I use mostly are, are fiscally responsible when talking about the way Rand Carthon has handled free agency. He's, he's basically, it looks to me, trying to fix this team's cap situation in kind of one fail swoop. You know, take your medicine now, do what you can. Most of these deals, you know, very you know, short tenured, um, very, I mean, I think the six guys are like 13 million against the cap total and hardly any future money on the books, baby. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's been very fiscally responsible. And I think, um, as a new GM where you want to announce your presence with authority, that could probably be tough to do, but I think also helped by the fact that this was not a fantastic free agent, free agent crop, to go and overspend in. So I, I think they've had a measured um, and responsible approach. Uh, I, I think they're marginally better than they were. Are they good enough to compete for the Super Bowl? No, I, I don't think so. Well, and, you know, just much less to compete within the division because that yeah. is where they certainly fell short down the stretch uh, in yeah. 2022. But at this point, Corey, that you mentioned fiscally responsible at a necessity. Like they got mm-hmm. a lot of complicated contracts on the books mm-hmm. right now, um, and restructures are or dealing with pr- past restructures from a previous administration is not an ideal circumstance for a new mm-hmm. GM who may or may not want to make a splash in the first year of his tenure. Um, and we'll see what happens with the Jeff Simmons deal. But right now, I mean, they are being talked about as being potentially able to or open for business on three of their most important players. Mm-hmm. Those being Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and uh, all-pro safety Kevin Byard. Um, I don't know whether those three players um, are completely safe. I don't know that those players are 
you know, certain to be moved. I don't know what their status moving forward is going to be other than um, a comment that we'll hear from Rand Carthon on Derrick Henry here in just a little bit. But is there should there be any players who are who are untouchable on this roster right now? Because I'm of the belief. Hell no. Well, like I always I generally say that everyone is replaceable. Um, but I mean, A.J. Brown is going to be tough to replace. He's They've had a hard one. time doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, Jeffrey Simmons don't grow on trees. Um, and so I have a hard time parting ways with him it's comical to see other fan bases come up with trade scenarios for jeffrey simmons like the titans are just going to give him away That's like right. if, if you want jeffrey simmons you're gonna have to pay you're gonna have to pay big time um but no i mean you know there, there are not many guys that i would view as as untouchable and you know my my opinion on derrick henry is is not a popular one um I, I believe me derrick henry has been an amazing player for this football team and i grew up in chicago if you had suggested to me trading Walter Payton or releasing him at some point, I those would have been words that would have cost you your life. OK, I, I would have killed you. Um, so I understand fans emotions about that, but I'm not a fan anymore. I'm a guy in an office looking at roster building and looking at the future more analytically. And I said to you before the show, are you going to give Derrick Henry a third contract? Because this is the end of the line. And. I, I, I think even the most passionate fan doesn't see that coming. And so, you know, my, my point with him is, well, what's the point then? You've got one year left. Now, the reason I think he'll still be with the team, Buck, is because I think he's worth more to the Titans than he is to anyone else. Yeah. And I, and I unless you just want to clear up the cap space, um, you're not going to get a lot for him because a team is doing you a favor by taking the money off the books. That's, you know, kind of like when the Preds traded away PK Subban, I think they got two twos for him and people were like, Oh, they didn't get anything for him. And I'm like, they got 12 million off their books. That's, yeah. that's what they wanted. So they could go get Matthew Shane. And so, you know, with, with Henry, I just don't see there being a lot of trade value there. Um, Tannehill, I, I don't know how much trade value is there. To I me, know we know where the hell Aaron Rodgers is playing yeah. next year. I mean, for God's sakes. And and I and I'm I'm probably taking this further than you wanted me to. But but with Kevin Byard, no. Ke Kevin Byard's different to me because he's he's I think he still has four to five peak years left. He, Buck, he's never missed a game. I know. For a team that's used 180 players the last two years, you're talking about getting rid of a guy who's never missed a game. And, you know, we always have these Mount Rushmore discussions. He's a two-time All-Pro. Do, do the history of the Tennessee Titans, do they have another two-time All-Pro? Oh, God, because Derek's not even that. Um, you know, I mean, it's a really, really difficult thing. But that's the first place that they went, Corey. That's what makes this all such a fascinating. Yeah, uh, well, and you talked about the restructures. And th that's what this is a victim of. Not of his contract, but of the restructure of his contract. Right. And that was done as a result of, you know, other infractions, uh, whether you want to consider them infractions at the time or not. But Julio Jones is having a substantial yep. effect on this team's future competitiveness and financial capabilities um, with so much dead money on the mm -hmm. books and having restructures for both Ryan Tannehill, Kevin Byard, or all three, Kevin Byard, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And no fourth round pick this year because of that. Correct. Um, it's a really complicated situation. Now, I think uh, let's let's stay with Kevin Byard for a second there, okay. because 
Corey, you and I have been doing this long enough that they don't approach players. Restructures are common. Pay cuts yep. are not. Yeah. Um, totally different things. And so a team does not approach a player about a pay cut without being prepared to do something. Now, we have time uh, at this point as we sit here on March the 29th as we're doing this podcast um, for them to find common ground and for Kevin Byard to continue to be a Titan. Mm -hmm. But should they continue to remain at this impasse, I think he's the least likely player among the three that we're talking about to be on this roster in 2023, which is insanity. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't get it. I mean, he's a great player. And, and like I, I understand it's a business, and and ultimately you've got to get where you you've got to get. But I also think about the message that you're sending to your football team. You know that this guy has done everything, and I mean everything the right way. Buck, if you watch every game before last season when they go line up for the national anthem, there is one person standing next to Mike Vrabel. You know who that is? Kevin He's got Byer. 31 on his chest. That's right. That's right. I mean, this team means a lot to him. I, I asked him when the season was over, was it important to finish your career here? And he jumped all over it. It is. So, yeah, and again, we're not privy to that conversation of how they asked, why they asked, you know, what was the context of the ask? I mean, shoot, they may have had a whole easel demonstration and saying, Kevin, this is where our cap situation is at. Yeah. If you will take $2 million a year less, we can do this, 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 and this. We know it's a big ask. We know you've done everything you can for the team, and you haven't done anything to warrant making less. We're just looking for a solution. I mean, that that could be the conversation. I don't know. I'm not there. But to start there... When you've got other areas that you could save money, um, and I understand not wanting—I know there are people out there who want to kick the can down the road forever and just keep kicking the can and keep kicking the can. Eventually, the, the can is full, and and you can't kick it any further. Um, I just, man, that's that—that's a tough ask, and that's a tough swallow uh, for me. Yeah, and I and I get that, but like so. A lot of the and and a lot of fans are reacting to this. Corey Curtis of WKRN News Two is here with us on the Six One Five Sessions podcast. We're talking about the Titans situation um, and how they're trying to maneuver because they do still have to maneuver against the cap right mm -hmm. now. They, I mean, this eight million dollars that they have—it's not really effective cap space. It's right. four million to sign their draft picks. Yeah, it's uh, and and that's you know that doesn't even account for injured players' pools, mm -hmm. a pool of money that they'll have to have for injuries to account for as we get into the season and then practice squad on top of that, which is not a huge amount, but it's enough when you're this mm -hmm. tight the way that this team is. Um, the thing that I think kind of sticks out to me, because it does seem like such a foreign concept to all of us, because we're here, we've been here, we know Kevin Byard's career, not just as a Tennessee Titan, but as a damn Middle Tennessee Blue Raider, where yeah. his jersey is retired, and he obviously means a great deal to this community. But, I mean, fans wanted a fresh perspective, a fresh set of eyes on this thing, Corey. And the fresh set of eyes just told them that their safety that's going to count, their all-pro safety, their beloved safety that's going to count $19 million against the cap isn't worth it yeah. right now. So I do think that fans have to keep that kind of discussion in mind when you want new eyes, you want fresh perspectives, you want all these things. Then they come in here and tell you something you don't like. That seems to be the kind of, at least that's how I'm processing this at this yeah. point. Because it's not a value position in it, the NFL it, right now. It's not. It's not. But it's not his fault that he counts 20 million against the cap. You're asking Kevin Byard to clean up the team's mess. All right. Whether it's by pay cut or waiving him, 
you're more you're, than he's already had to do so on the yes, field, by the way. Yeah, you're asking him, you're saying we have screwed this situation up and we're gonna tap you to fix it. And and I don't think that that is fair. And I understand why safety is not as valued a position, but Kevin Byard, as I've said and you've said, is a two-time all pro. And he is one of the few guys on this roster who I can point to and say, he won this game. He won this game. He gave them a chance to win this game. Just go back to the Rams game in L.A. Do they win that one without him? How about no. the overtime game in Indianapolis? Do they win that one without him? Are they competitive in the Dallas game on Thursday? Oh, my night God, no. Nobody else plays except for Yes, and he's like, I am playing. I mean, so, I mean, he's a difference maker. And so when you look at positions – you say, yes, he plays this position, but he's a difference maker. How many difference makers are on the roster? And I have a hard time trading away difference makers. We've already seen one of them get traded away, um, and yeah. and they, they have had a hard time replacing that. I understand $20 million is too high. And the thing we haven't mentioned here is another contract was given out. And so now they're $33 million at the safety position. Because of the Imani Hooker deal. All right. I like Imani Hooker. I do. He's already missed more games in his career than Kevin Byard. All right. Why don't you go to Imani? You know, I know he just got a new deal. Ask him to save you some money because he hasn't done near as much for your football team as yeah. Kevin Byard has. No, it's crazy. I mean, somebody who's done a tremendous amount for uh, for the Tennessee Titans is Derrick Henry. Rand Carthon mm -hmm. was asked uh, by some of our colleagues who were in attendance at the NFL owners meeting this week about uh trade is de about derrick henry specifically mm -hmm. being on the trade block this was Rand carthon's response there's nothing new to report um it was an erroneous report that came out you know i've spoken to uh, todd you know derrick's representative and you know we're in a good place so it's nothing nothing new to report from there um i know derrick trains like crazy um in the location where he trains i know the location i don't want to put it out there you mm -hmm. know but um, Derek is going to be Derek. You know, he's going to spend, take his time away and do what he has to do to make sure that he's ready to go. So I feel we're in a good place. Erroneous. <laughs> Sounds like a Stephen A. Smith first take word. Look, it, it, you can split hairs on this. Mm -hmm. um, do I think he was trying to trade Derek Henry at the Combine? No, I don't. But I do think he was trying to find out his value. And I, I think that's smart. He's taking over his football team. He needs to find out what everybody's worth Yeah. as he's trying to put things together. Because if he goes to the combine and finds out, I can get a two and a three for Henry, then he starts to look at, well, this is the way we can shape our football team if we make this sacrifice now. If he goes and finds out at $12 million, I can only get a five or a six for him, he's, he probably looks at that and says, that's that's not enough to justify moving on so shopping him which is physically saying hey he's yours for this is different from saying if Derek were available what would you be willing to give up you know and, and I think those are two different things now they both can ultimately lead to the same place but they are two different things so I'll agree with him there yeah and and that's that I think is what it comes down to because um if you can do the McCaffrey deal for Derek Henry you do it yesterday you yeah. do it you he'd do be it. gone he'd because already be gone as for what you mentioned, one year left on his deal, and uh, there is no 
there really cannot be a good argument for a third contract um, for Derrick Henry, specifically here in Tennessee, though he may go on to have productive years beyond mm-hmm. his time here in Tennessee. Um, I think that that is the, that is the, the biggest differentiating factor. Um, if you can get anywhere close to the value, San Francisco admittedly overpaying for Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and you know getting as much as hell they almost had it had to have him play quarterback because of how down yep. bad they were this year um I think that Derek is a as you said earlier he's not as important for other teams as he is for this one in particular yeah no I mean because we talked about difference makers he's he's their difference maker on offense you know right now now I, I hate to pin last year and just, you know, coming off the foot injury. Do we think he was as good last year as he had been the other years? I think no. he was good. But, yeah, he didn't pull away from people like he did in previous years. And that's cause for pause, right? That's that's cause to say, all right, so if he's lost an eighth of a step, that's the difference between a 20-yard run and an 80-yard run, which is a big difference in a football game. Now, is he still effective? Heck, yeah. Can he still carry the ball 30 times? Everybody's still looking at him. Can he still sell play action? I mean, he can do lots of things to help the Titans. But there's a difference between having him on your roster for $12 million and, t- and another team saying, all right, we'll take on your $12 million and give you away a draft pick even though we've only got him for one year. Now, and I know it's your show, but I'm going to ask you a question because we're talking about him being gone. I think it's better that way. Do you think that it's possible as they look to free up cap space that they could extend Derek by a year. Just oh, do entirely. It. Yeah, yeah, one year, give him some money, create those voidable years, which I would like to see the NFL get away from because I think it's just creating ugly cap messes that you know, really are um, – I, I don't think they're in the spirit of the game. That That's my opinion. I know that's, that's, an, that's interesting, a, Okay, that's an interesting perspective. I, I think you balance your books or you don't. Um, you know, the, the, the Bobby – because this is basically the Bobby Benia deal is what they're doing well and like i mean to to make it uh to take it to another major sport the nba like the 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 warriors have so much financial flexibility with the luxury tax that they are just clearly not bothered by yeah they can continue to keep the core of a championship team a record-setting team a historical Mm -hmm. team in place and still add pieces while you know teams who are not as cash flush which Mm -hmm. for example tennessee is not a cash flush organization no the nfl you are fighting uphill on multiple fronts as the you know, as we see price ports, uh, price points reported for the commanders that are in the six billion dollar neighborhood, which is starting to price out even the mega rich who are. Isn't that amazing that a person as horrible than as Daniel Snyder just keeps on winning? He just I mean, keeps on winning. I listen, mean, I, uh, it's just it's horrible. I think it's a truly unique uh, situation where I mean, hell, he could he could even decide to make it worse, Corey, and he could on the way out the door as he sells his team for six billion dollars and goes on a yacht in the French Riviera to hide from whatever <laughs> congressional hearings are after him. He could give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract on the way out the door and just go double middle fingers to the ownership. <laughs> now you all have to pay Joe Burrow and Herbert and on and on and on. I would love that. Like yeah. that. It sounds like something he would do. He is a spiteful, spiteful dude. But yeah, so you know, as we look for ways to free up cash for the titans and cap space you know i know i I think the idea of extending Tannehill a year or so has also been floated um but but maybe you do extend Derek by year even if you don't think he's going to be on your team next year 
I, I think it's infinitely more likely that Tannehill get an extension than Derek just because of the nature of the position and the the premium on quarterback versus running back. Yeah. But I don't think that a Derek Henry extension, um, a one-year extension, is off the table by any stretch of the imagination. In well, fact, I, mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. You could free up at least, what, $6 million, $7 million? I mean, that and that's a substantial amount. It's, it's uh, It would damn near double what you yeah. have to work with yeah. right now for those of you who need that put into context. Uh, last one for Corey Curtis, who's kind enough to give us some of his time this afternoon. Um, should Malik Willis preclude this team from taking a quarterback in this year's draft, whether that's, you know, one of them that falls in the first round, if they stick and pick at 11, whether that's Hendon Hooker on day two, um, do you think that this is a situation where they they have a good enough situation behind Ryan Tannehill that they should be out of the quarterback game right now? Based on what I saw last year, and that's all I can base it on, I'm surprised you didn't light up in flames when you said that. I, <laughs> well, you know, I try to be diplomatic from time to time. Um, and look, I know that there are still people out there that love Malik and maybe, you know, Geno Smith took 10 years. All right. I mean, Geno Smith was God awful. It's true. And, and last year he went to the Pro Bowl. And so maybe Malik does make a giant jump from year one to year two. It would have to be a pretty massive, massive jump. Um, and I, I don't want to pile on the young man and bury the young man. Um, but, you know, he. No, but like we shouldn't even have to preface, preface it, Corey, that way. Because I, I, you, you, you're correct. Mm -hmm. He's so early in his career. God love him. Yeah. Like he's just trying to figure it out. But the fact that we have to, to, I think, coddle a certain degree of Titans fans yeah. about this stuff who are hyper-emotional for reasons that I cannot explain about a dude who just got here, even though he's a lovely guy, like, I think you should be judged based on what on your performance. Look, and when his performance he came, is insufficient. When he came in against the Chargers and completed those two short passes right off the bat, we were all thinking the same thing. Holy cow! Yeah. And that was two short passes. And we were all blown away by it. That's not a good bar, all right? That's the bar being set really low. Look, the biggest issue I had with him last year was this. He, he does not trust what he sees. He drops back, and he reads it, and he can't rip it. Yeah. He's, he's paralyzed. And, and, you know, that could be because he's just he's getting too much information right now, and, he, and it just has a hard time. But he got taken out of a preseason game because he wouldn't throw the football. Yeah. And late in the season, he still hold. There's a reason Josh Dobbs started. Okay, it's because they needed to win, and they knew it. And look, I could tell you they thought they could win some games with Malik Willis when the preseason ended. Um, I think they, I, my belief, and, and I know that for a fact. Okay, yeah. they thought Malik could win them some games, but I, I having that thought process, I have to think they thought he was going to progress along faster than he did because um, he, he wasn't good enough. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, when they went to overtime against Kansas city, you, unless the defense score, you knew the game was over. Yeah. They had no, they they had had no, no chance to advance the ball uh, in the way that he was in a, incapable of operating a passing game. And I will finish it by saying this buck. It would not be fair to the other 52 guys on the roster. If that's what you did. That's all. I love that as a dismount from Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2. He is always kind to give us some of his time. Um, does great work for WKRN with the rest of the sports team there. Buddy, it's always good to see you. Um, sooner rather than later, we already have workout dates for the offseason. Yeah. So we're all, all right. going to get back together here in the very, very near future. And 
certainly uh, get looking forward to be crowded into a small media uh, room while the NFL draft goes on for three days. And, you know, maybe it will be slightly less exciting than it was last year. I'm really excited for the next month because, I mean, I mean I'm, you probably know Rand and, and Mike closer than I do at this point. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do. Hmm. I, I mean, I have no idea because like this thing could get completely torn apart and look completely different. I mean, there, you could sell that to me in a heartbeat um, or it could just kind of get tinkered with a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. Could they trade up and pick a quarterback in round one? Heck yeah, they could. Yeah. Heck yeah, they could. Could you wait in round two to take Hendon Hooker? I'd be excited about that. I love Hendon Hooker. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that they can do, a lot of places they can go. And I'm excited. Uh, to see how Rand Carthon handles it the rest of the way, as long as that doesn't include cutting Kevin Byard, which to me would be an unforgivable um, thing. Well, this this franchise has done unforgivable things before. <laughs> yes, they, they have. Run. I yes, hell, they the have. last seven games of their season were damn near unforgivable, but you know, we'll have plenty of time to talk about all of these things. Speaking oh, of unforgivable, I'm going to cut you off. Please do. And I'm sure you've talked about it. How on earth does Monty Ossenfort Watch Dennis Daly systematically destroy a football team and then give him a two-year contract in Arizona. Does he want to pick first next year? Is that the goal? Does he want Caleb Williams? That that or he hates Kyler. Like he wants <laughs> Kyler to leave. He wants baby Grogu out. Listen to me. I I saw that. And I, I had to like, I did the, like the fake Adam Schefter thing where I'm like checking to see if somebody paid for it. It was the two year deal. That was, that was, it was the, that was the big one. That was, and it wasn't a GM who didn't have him. Monty watched him. I, you know what, for as much shit as Ryan Cowden got for being overseeing things after John Robinson uh, left and ultimately not getting that job. I, I like Monty personally very much. He's a nice man, and I'm happy for him and his family that he got the opportunity. As I preface this before I say something, absolutely, nasty. absolutely, <laughs> it is a fireable offense out the gate. <laughs> out the gate, Monty, baby, come back to us. What are I we mean, doing out here? You, you, you think you take some safe moves to get started with? Yeah, that that is it. It's as safe as it gets. That's a bomb shelter, duck and cover type situation. It's safe if you want to draft Caleb Williams. Corey, I appreciate you spending right, some time yeah. here, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Buck.